Welcome to the Daily Reflection Podcast. Today is January 3rd, and we've got a special guest. I'd like to welcome Dom F. Dom is from the Virginia area, and he's going to share with us uh, on the Daily Reflection for January 3rd. Dom, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. Oh, it's great to have you. Uh, I wonder if you would help us out and begin by reading the Daily Reflection for today. Sure. January 3rd. We admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives have become unmanageable. 12 Steps and 12 Traditions, page 21. It is no coincidence that the very first step mentions powerlessness. An admission of personal powerlessness over alcohol is a cornerstone or foundation of recovery. I've learned that I do not have the power to control I want the power to control I once thought I had. I'm powerless over what people think about me. I am powerless over having just missed the bus. I am powerless over how other people work or don't work the steps. I've also learned I am not powerless over some things. I am not powerless over my attitudes. I am not powerless over negativity. I am not powerless over assuming responsibility for my own recovery. I have the power to exert a positive influence on myself, my loved ones, and the world in which I live. Connecting with the concept of being powerless was a real powerful step in the process of my recovery, understanding that I, I really just don't have the power to, to choose to stop drinking. I'm curious, Dom, why did you choose this particular day's reflection to, to spend some time on the podcast? Uh, you know, there's there's lots of reasons. I mean, interestingly enough, my uh, a sponsee that I just picked up, uh, we're on step one, so I have him on it. So what better place than to start the beginning here? Um, I think that everything everything stems from this uh, from this step. Um, for many years in the program, the assumptions that I made when I would read this and was that it just dealt with drinking. Um I'm powerless over alcohol. In other words, you know, the newcomer translates that into, I have a problem with alcohol, problem with alcohol. And the focus tends to be just on the alcohol part of it. But, you know, by studying the Joe and Charlie tapes from, from many, many years ago, you know, they really identify the dash and uh, how the dash is really a, a separation of two thoughts. So when I really drill down into that, you know, the first part is really, about drinking, right? And the second part is is about thinking, my thinking. Hmm. Yeah. And and so how long have you been sober, Dom? So I just celebrated six years uh, last week. Fantastic. And um, so you mentioned uh, sponsees. Um, how many men do you work with? So I have three sponsees I work with right now. Okay. And over the years, I, I first got sober in 2001 and struggled for a number of years and got sober in, uh, in 2006 at about six and a half years and then, uh, had a relapse and was out for about a year and then, you know, been back since. So over the years, I probably sponsored 12, 15 guys. Mm -hmm. And what do you think is different about your program today? That's a great question. I think, uh, having had the, having had the experience of relapse, uh, I can look at sort of what's working what's working and what hasn't worked. Right. And for me, it's, it's really the basics. You know, I need to stay in the center of the triangle. I need to, I need to chair meetings. I need to sponsor guys. I need to be of service. I need to uh, continually work the steps. It's not just a, a one and done type thing. And, and today, you know, thank God, you know, I'm, 
excited to be sober, excited to be in the middle of the triangle. And, you know, my, that's my focus. Just don't fall asleep on any part of the program. I love the phrase in the middle of the triangle. Um, I haven't heard that before. Can you tell me a little bit about where did that come from and what does that mean? It actually came from me. Uh, <laughs> one, <laughs> of the, one of the few things I've coined, but uh, yeah, you know, I, Relapse is a horrible thing. And uh, looking back at my relapses, I could I can say that consistently there there seems to be a separation that takes place, um, sometimes consciously, sometimes unconsciously, um, where the separation, you know, as an example, that, that might be, you know, I've got a problem with this person at this meeting and that spreads to I've got a problem with this meeting. Well, I'm just going to stop going to that meeting and then cut that out of your schedule. And then maybe you're laxing a little bit on your praying and meditating. And, and maybe you're not trying to reach out and find newcomers and the things that you're, the things that I'm doing today that are keeping me feeling great. Uh, as I start to remove those things and start to think, okay, I got it. Um, mm-hmm. I start to be, you know, uh, one step further away from really what's saving my butt right now. Hmm. And, you know, the, the, the reflection for today talks about powerlessness against many things. Um, you know, I, this is not my first, uh, first time in the program, uh, but it is my first time uh, working through all of the 12 steps um, and, and really practicing the principles in all my affairs. And for me, powerlessness, um, I, I know that I am powerless over alcohol for sure, but <clears throat> There are other things I'm, I'm powerless over, like it mentions in the reflection, powerless over what other people think. And um, tell me a little, little bit about how this works in your life in terms of other things that you're powerless over. Well, I think, you know, when you when you look at the book and the book talks about we really want to be the director, right? We want to control the stage, the lights, everything that the actors are doing. And if we, you know, we know that if they just did it our way, the show would come out perfect. I'm obviously paraphrasing. I'm not a, I'm not a book quoter, but uh you know, I think my entire life, and, and it's interesting because, you know, the, the line of work that I'm in, which is high-end technology sales uh, with managers that are, you know, really focused on forecasts and whatnot, there's, it, it's a fine line to walk between trying to control things and trying to realize that ultimately I don't have the control. Um, one thing that doesn't work well in my forecast calls is, uh, you know, a step three quote, something along the lines of, Hey, it's in God's hands. Uh, you know, God will determine where, where my number will be at the end of the month. That never really ends, uh, <laughs> ends a forecast call very well, but I have to be able to understand that, you know, ultimately, you know, I heard a very cool quote once, which, uh, I think it was from an old sponsor of mine, which talked about, um, when you're, when you're, watching the uh, the Grammys or you're watching the Emmys or something. And then the folks are up on stage, they've got the envelope in their hands and uh, they're showing the movies, which are, you know, if it's Oscars, they're showing the movies, which are going to be coming up for, uh, for, you know, best, best movie. Um, the results are already in the envelope, right? All that person on stage has to do is just play the videos and then, and then announce the winner. So how that kind of translates into my program is, you know, the results are in. I, I believe maybe in a weird way that ultimately the, the plan of my life and everything that happens is sort of already constructed and, and the results are in. So I just need to go through the motions. It doesn't mean I can sit back. The book says don't sit back on our laurels and, and uh, let things happen. I need to I need to do my part. But understanding that 
controlling the outcome is something that I've never been able to do. I've always tried to do it. I still try to do it in, in some parts of my life, but I need to be more of the position of, you know, work my butt off, give, give a hundred percent of what I have and, and be good with, be good with the results because the way they pan out for better or for worse are really the way that they're supposed to be. Yeah. I love that. And I mean, it, it is for many new newcomers, it's a, it's a difficult thing to determine that difference between practicing one's own will and turning it over to God. Like, what do you tell to the newcomers that you work with around that difference between, you know, getting into action and trusting that things are in God's hands? I mean, do you, do you experience that with your responsees? Yeah, especially with myself too. You know, I think at the end of the day, it, it really comes down to how happy do I want to be when I can see from continual experience. And that's one of the one of the things I have my guys do is I, I write, I have them write down, you know, as far back as they can remember, you know, um, this isn't one of my coin things. This is something that was, that I picked up, but um, have them write down all the different ways that they could see that, uh, you know, there's unmanageability in their life. And, uh, and what I'm trying to get to is that if we're looking for a sense of peace and happiness in the day that you're in, in the, in the second that you're in, um, you have to, you got to get to that point of surrender, you know, and when I'm talking about, you know, my relationship with a higher power and understanding that sort of the, the results are in, you know, my relationship with, with my God of my understanding is not a way for me to cause things or get things to happen, right? It's, it's there to help me respond effectively to what does happen. I think that that's a lot of it, right? I mean, it's one thing to say, hey, whatever's going to be is going to be. And when it's something really crappy, then it's, you know, it's, uh, it's difficult to accept. But you know what, it's, it's, it's one thing to have that attitude. I think it's another thing to understand that when things don't go my way, that I have, a, I have a place to go, I can pray, I can meditate on it, and I can start to build that acceptance. Have you worked with many sponsees that have a problem with a higher power or, or don't, don't have one initially? If we just use the number of, let's say, 15 guys, you know, I, I'd say that, you know, 10 of them have not had a problem with it. Um, a couple have taken, have, have come in with an open mind and, and have found something that works for them. And I've had a few guys that have been devout atheists. And, you know, my view on the whole thing, you know, I think that we're all agnostic, right? When you look at, uh, look at the word agnostic, it means without knowledge. And, and I could have a guy on my left who's a devout religious guy and a guy on my right who's a devout atheist. And I can look at them both and in my head say that they both really don't know, as I don't know. And so I think what it really comes down to is just a, it's a, a degree of faith, right? The guy on the left has a ton of faith. The guy on the right doesn't. Um, but I think that being able to identify something that is greater than you, uh, because uh, the reality is that it, when, we, when we've come here, you know, I heard a phrase once saying, we don't come here on a winning streak, right? We come here because we're, we're, we've tried on our own to do it. And I think that's critical. You try it on your own one time, a million times, whatever it is. And when you fail miserably, you know it before anyone else knows it, that you can't do it. You can't fix it. You've tried to fix it. You failed miserably at trying to fix it. So you've got a couple of options, right? You can, you know, continue on drinking, right? Which eventually is going to stop working. Or you can look to something like the 12 Steps of Alcoholics Anonymous as a, as the resource to, uh, to get you out of it. And, and for those guys that are 
the atheists uh, that, that are out there, um, that higher power doesn't, you know, I know we're not talking about step two here, but when you look at step two, it doesn't say anything about God. It just says power greater than yourself. And, and people can rely on the rooms to be that. You can rely on uh, the 12 steps. You can rely on lots of different things that aren't this deity in the sky, you know, the the old guy with the beard uh, sitting in the clouds. It doesn't have to be that. It just needs to be something that is not you because you can't do it. But I'm wondering how how you ultimately made that made the decision this time around that uh, that you needed to, to rely on a higher power. Was there something that happened? Did you hit a new bottom? Or tell me a little bit about what it was like. Well, I moved from Los Angeles to Virginia and the network I had in LA, you know, I'd left with, you know, four and a half years sober, uh, chairing several meetings, sponsoring a handful of guys, taking meetings into jails. I mean, really doing the deal. And when I came out here, you know, I, uh, I couldn't connect. East coast AA was different than West coast, Los Angeles AA. And, uh, what was really happening is my alcoholism that centers in my brain that ultimately wants me dead. Um, and if it can't have me dead, it'll settle for me drunk. And if it can't have me drunk, it'll settle for me acting out in any of the defects that I have, right? The anger, the rage, the slander, you name it. So the disease that is in my brain, it, it's, uh, you know, the book says cunning, powerful, and baffling, right? Um, there's another piece, which, which, you know, I've, I've been told to add to it, which is patient. So what was really happening during the time that I was struggling with, I, connecting the meetings out here, the alcoholism is just laying in wait. And yeah, Dom, you know, yeah, these meetings aren't, aren't as good as they are back West coast, you know, yeah, they, they do it different and yeah, they're, they're a little weirder out here. So maybe you don't need to go to meetings. So I made the decision at like four and a half years, uh, um, sober to stop going to meetings. And I stayed sober for another year and a half. Um, I bet the people around me wish that I was drinking because I was, I was probably not the, the best guy in the world, but, um, so the alcoholism really, you know, it, it sends those messages that are, are very subtle and, uh, you know, I, I ended up, uh, I dealt, I had three really big life situations that happened. I, I, uh, I got divorced. My mother passed away, uh, in front of my kids while I was at work and she was, she was dead within a matter of 30 minutes from an aneurysm. And I had a a huge fire at the house. And, uh, I had, had a great idea to go and drink. Now I didn't drink because of those things happening. I drank because I'm an alcoholic. Um, and you know, when, when I talk about being in the, in the triangle, right. And or being outside the triangle, when I'm outside the triangle for that year and a half, not going to meetings, not praying, not meditating, not sponsoring guys, not being sponsored, you know, the list goes on forever. I don't have that, you know, I have no help with, you know, with that first offense. I clearly don't have the first offense. I've proven that obviously in step one, but I don't have those resources around me to help defend me from those thoughts. So all of a sudden you pick up and then, and then you're out again. So coming back, it was, it was easy to come back. Um, luckily I was easy to come back. It, 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 it is not the case. In most cases it's, it's very difficult, but, um, getting back into the higher power, you know, I never really, even with, even with what happened to my mother and, and all those things, I never really had a negative view of, of God, you know, God, you know, was always there. Um, so getting back into it, it was just like, Hey, you, you, you remember what you were doing when you felt good and you remembered what you stopped doing, which led to feeling bad. Why don't you just start doing those things again? And, and, uh, 
by the grace of God, you know, for it's really weird. Um, I don't know how far you want me to go into this, but it, you know, the after struggling with East Coast AA, and then and then not going to meetings for a year and a half, and then being out for another year and change, some reason I still had a, what we call out here in, in Virginia a where and when, which is a meeting guide. I still had a where and when laying around, and I picked it up and I found a meeting that was in the town that I work in, seven thirty meeting, and I walked into it. And by the grace of God, you know, the guy is a men's meeting on a Thursday in my home group. And the men that I met there were a carbon copy of what I left in, in, in L.A. And uh, the connection was made. And, and thank God for that, because it allowed me to sort of reconnect and, and uh, get back into the deal. Wow. Yeah, that's certainly a perfect example of how how your higher power is working in your life. And um, so what does it look like today? What does your, your service look like? And, and tell me a little bit about the meetings that you go to today. Yeah, so I go to, luckily with, uh, with Zoom and, and the COVID situation, you know, I go to um, between six to eight meetings a week. Uh, my, my home group, which is the Sunlight of the Spirit group in Reston, Virginia, we have meetings, uh, we have eight meetings a week. Um, I'm the uh, I'm actually the secretary for the group. I just got nominated uh, about a month ago, which is pretty cool. Um, I chair a meeting for the group. I always try to chair at least one one of the days. So I have the Sunday, which coincidentally is the daily reflection meeting, um, where I bring folks in to share on the daily reflection, but it's in real time. Um, so uh, sponsoring guys, um, and I'm of service. I one of the greatest gifts that was given to me by the program. Uh, probably on par with not wanting to drink anymore is is the uh, is being introduced into meditation. I've meditated now fifteen plus years. It's um, it's incredible. So meditating every day, uh, praying every day throughout the day. I'm in a text group with a handful of guys where we get up and we read uh, upon awakening uh, by ourselves. And then we just chime in with a text to say, hey, I read it, or maybe you type something that was meaningful in, in what you read today. Um, and I and I make it a point to, to call a few guys a day, three guys, and check in with them. And the purpose of that is to say, hey, Mike, what's going on? How are you doing today? And, and really for Dom to shut up, you know, and have you talk about what you were before the program or not being sober, I would call you to ask how you're doing. And then the second you took a breath, Hey, Mike, yeah, great, good story. You know, cool story, bro. Uh, let, let me tell you what's going on with me. And, you know, I try not to do that. Right. I try to, I'm checking in with you to see how you're going, how you're doing today, how things are going for you and, and, uh, and have it be about you. Um, and then the weird thing is these little, you know, coinky dinks that pop out, you know, I'll call you at the moment you needed the call. And I've, you know, I've, I've got about 200 names in my phone. Uh, and instead of the, the company name, I put BW for Bill Wilson, just so I, I can pull up BW in my phone and I see all the guys pop up and I'll just scroll and pick one. And, you know, I, I catch the guy who's at the red light getting ready to yell at the guy in front of him or the guy that just got in an argument with his wife or the, you, you know, guy who's going into a meeting and he's stressing out about something. It's just really weird how those how the people that get called are the people that needed the call. And so the other side of that is when my phone rings, I answer it, right? I don't know whether it's you checking in on Dom to see how he's doing or whether you've, you've got a crisis going on. But, um, you know, this this idea of service is is unlimited. I so relate with that 
the coincidence. I, I truly believe that there are no coincidences and I've experienced exactly the same thing, getting a call from another member of Alcoholics Anonymous right at the time when I need it most and, and actually calling other, other men and, and women when, right when they need it. And um, I love the, the whole concept of coincidence. My story is just riddled with these, these unbelievable coincidences. And when you try to explain to somebody, maybe a, a person that's not in the program, they just don't, it doesn't quite land, but, um, but yes, I've, I've experienced these coincidences. Um, well, Dom, this has been a phenomenal conversation. I want to thank you once again for spending time uh, talking to us about powerlessness. Before we, we wrap up, is there anything else that you want to, to share with the audience or let people know? You know, I think that um, this disease, this disease sucks, right? And it, it affects a lot of people and it kills a lot of people. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's progressive, it's incurable and it's fatal. And I think that uh, for folks who are, who are struggling or are thinking that they may have a problem, I think that it's, it's worthwhile to, uh, to seek outside help. Right. And, and, and the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous is, is something is, is a group of principles that have helped many, many people. And I think it's interesting. It's, it's one of the only, one of the only books or programs or, or processes that exist that since the thirties hasn't changed. Right. I mean, it's something that's just stayed consistent. And the reason why is because it works. Um, so for the folks that are kind of struggling and dealing with stuff like that, I think that, uh, there's a great resource. We'd love to have, uh, we'd love to have you come by and, and actually my home group, which I mentioned a second ago, which was the sunlight of the spirit group. We've got a, uh, a, uh, Facebook group page and, and we've got zoom meetings. So, if you want to pass along to any of the listeners the uh, ability to to join in um we'd love to have them great i will post a link in the show notes make sure you check that out if you're listening in dom thanks very much for spending some time with us mike my pleasure appreciate you asking thanks so much to dom f for stopping by sharing his experience strength and hope with us around powerlessness Dom is a member of the Sunlight of the Spirit group in Reston, Virginia. Check the show notes for a link to their meeting. Thanks, everybody. Tune in every day for the Daily Reflection. Experience, strength, and hope. Have a great day.